Christy, what do you think? Yeah, good? I think you're good. I'll keep adding people as they join. All right. Well, welcome everybody. Um, yeah, it's great to have you here. This is our, our third Rooted Roundtable, uh, first with uh, a guest. And we really, our desire is to create this platform so it's interesting and valuable. And uh, I'm really, really pumped to have Marty on today. I, he was one of the first people I ever sold food service products to maybe eight years ago. And uh, yeah, just sincerely, just a, a genuine, awesome guy. And it's been great to stay in touch, have him on the podcast and have him here today. Um, so Marty, if you would like to introduce yourself and then we can dive in. And, and then I'll say actually, before you introduce the format of today, uh, so Marty is going to do an introduction, and then Chrissy and I are going to chat with Marty for a few, and then we are going to open the virtual, the chat space for questions, and then Chrissy's going to pick some pick some of those questions to bring to Marty, and then we've already fielded uh, some great questions via LinkedIn and email uh, prior to. So thank you guys, and Chrissy is uh Chrissy. Would you like to add something? I would just add that you can feel free to start putting questions into the comments, you know, as we get going, as you think of things so that we've kind of got those kind of queued up ahead of time. Thank you. All right, Marty, the floor is yours. All right, well, Matt, thank you very much. Hi, um, hi, everybody. I'm Marty Dudek. I'm the Senior Associate Director at College of the Holy Cross in Worcester. Um, I'm a 1989 graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, and I've been on this campus for 27 plus years in various roles. I started as a chef in our board plan operation. Um, and now I'm doing everything. So yeah. Awesome. So thank you for having me, Matt. Yes, for sure. All right. So curious. So a lot of the brands joining today are emerging brands, maybe more of a foot into the retail world, but curious or already doing a little bit of work into food service. What advice would you have to the emerging brand wanting to come into the college food service channel? And how do you think about college and university as a place to start for emerging brands? Um, I think one of the first things is, is to have some type of distribution. Doesn't have to be with a broadliner. It can be something as simple as UPS or FedEx. Um, but then just a way for us, like we all have our procurement cards, you know, can we use those to pay for it, to start everything up? Do we need to come up with terms? You know, how can we just on a very grassroots end of everything, get it going? So, cause I understand fully that, you know, especially for a smaller startup, the cost of getting a slot in the Cisco is astronomical. So. Cool. Thank you. So a question we often get asked is when is the, is there a, good or bad time to approach college university and when is when is the best time um on our campus the best time is uh, kind of now through um through the middle of july um we get I mean, we start looking at our fall menus um right around spring break time which is in two weeks um so to have ideas for new products and everything yeah we need them almost nine months ahead of time and then, I mean, you're talking about more specifically ingredient menu items or both, right? Probably more ingredient menu, like an empanada, a burger versus a packaged snack. Yes. Yeah. Packaged yeah. snacks we can add in. Um, 
into our retail operations or into a convenience store at any time. At any time. Okay, cool. And how about beverages? So not the majority of schools have a Coke or Pepsi contract. Is that correct? Yes, we have a Pepsi contract. Yeah. And what's the, once again, whether you want to speak for your school, the majority of schools actually may be more interested from what you hear from your college. What percentage in general wiggle room do you have for different kind of non-Coke and Pepsi contracts you think schools have? I think every school is a little different. Um, Coke yeah. is definitely different than Pepsi. Um, we were a Coke house forever and we switched uh, uh, 12, eight, 13 years ago to Pepsi. Um, Pepsi with our contract, we have a 75-25 um, split and we can't have any beverage that's a direct com competitor. So yeah. we have Gatorade, we can't have Powerade. Um, yeah. You know, we have Pepsi, we can't have Coke, can't have RC Cola. We have to have Pepsi. So if yeah. so that's how that works. Got it. Cool. And just a shout to everyone while Marty and I are chatting. Please put questions. This is your time. Marty's Marty would love to uh and, and if Christy and I have something to share for an answer as well, we'll jump in. But please ask ask some ask some questions. Uh, so who is the best person to reach out to? So if you're a back of house, meaning for everyone out there, you're delivered to a kitchen. So you're a, you're frying oil, you're, you're an empanada. That's back of house versus front of house, like a package good, a snack or beverage. So in general, what do you think the titles are people should look for if they're trying to approach someone for back of house and a title maybe for front of house as they, yeah, try um, to outreach? I think, a, I mean, some schools are the same where it might be the purchasing director, um, director of purchasing something on with those lines with purchasing in it. Um, or if it's a smaller school, some assistant director. Um, if, if you're looking through a directory and there's a director, there's an assistant director and two managers and a chef, it's probably the chef or the assistant director that's taking care of it. Um, yeah. Larger operations like a UMass, I mean, they have a purchasing department of six people yeah so um, yeah cool. it can vary Thank you. yep and then the last question i have and then we'll open it up is uh when someone reaches out to a college or university would you do you think their the best strategy is to ask for an in-person to send samples or a virtual call what do you, what would you recommend to the folks here as they outreach to college and university? I honestly, I saw that question only and thought about it. I think pre-COVID answer would have been different. I think right now, a really quick 15, 20 minute Zoom call um, just to get to know what we in the college are looking for before we even send out samples, because there might be products that will fit or won't fit. So I, I understand everybody's time is valuable. So how can we cut that down. So coming to us with 16 items and only one of them might work, that's not a good use of time. But if we spend five, 10 minutes on a quick Zoom call, we can get that accomplished. So then you can come to campus with a very targeted approach. Yeah, cool. Uh, Christy, do you wanna choose a question or? Yeah, um, did you wanna move to some of the ones we already had or you wanna go ahead and jump into these? Let's go with something from the yeah, yeah, so we have a question on, and I mean, 
what events or trade shows you attend that you think would be most impactful for the emerging brand? The example they gave with Nate Cuffs, which is obviously a fantastic show, but are there any other shows or thoughts you have around the emerging brands, either attending and walking, you know, a show like Nate Cuffs or exhibiting at a show like that? Um, I think Nate Cuffs is a good one. I think, um, you know, when you get into the regional shows like the Boston, you know, Boston food show, I think, I don't know what the cost of that is, but that is something we attend also. Um, and every vendor under the sun distributor has a food show. Um, I think that's unfortunately about it. Um, there's other smaller ones, but unless you're, you know, with a distributor, I think it's very tough. Yeah. It's like when we go to, we're slowly starting to get geared up for NRA, the big restaurant show in Chicago. Right. There, there are some schools there. Uh, it's an expensive show. It's a four day show. It's full on. You get all walks of life, whether big restaurants right. or colleges, but yeah, NACOFs would be. And for those of you guys who don't know, NACOFs is the college university dining Alliance group uh, that Marty's affiliated with. It's amazing. It's not much for membership. And then they have four or five regional shows every year in March um, and then the national show, which is in Baltimore this year, is in July, and the shows are amazing. They're they're really really great. So I see an interesting question. What about DSD? Uh, is this is this for startups? Yeah. How do you deal with the D? Do you guys use DSD distributors at Holy Cross, like the polar yes. of the world? And yeah. Yeah, I, we have more over the over uh, since COVID. I think more yeah. um, looking that way. I think it makes more sense. Um, and it and it saves, I think, everybody money in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Marty, what do you, one of the questions that came in, and I think this one's usually a popular question that people have, what, what are you seeing as far as retail products and menu items as far as what the students are looking for and asking or what's kind of trending today? Um, anything in a bowl is trending today. Um, whether it be, you know, with a, with a whole grain rice as a base or quinoa, um, definitely emerging flavors from, from Southeast Asia, um, are, are really big. Um, and just everything freshly prepared. Um, we switched this last semester over from using a mix of frozen and frozen and fresh vegetables and went to just fresh. And I swear we've doubled the amount of vegetables that we are serving. Um, so what, why do you that's wild because yeah. because you guys are making more of a push or because the students are actually consuming more and noticing the difference i think they're noticing the difference that it's fresh and that it's not a frozen green bean that it's a fresh green bean or it's a it's a fresh baby carrot that's roasted instead of a frozen baby carrot that's roasted it's kind of so i think they're they pick up on those things. The, the students that we have in, in our classes today and on campus today are, they know food. They know yeah, good food cool. and they know bad food. Love, yeah. So a question I often get asked is how to support or is there a need or desire to support a college university once your item is, is in the op in your operation? So if it's front of house, like an ingredient or a snack, are you looking for support, whether it's financial marketing support or someone to come do a demo and hang and sample the students. Yeah, what what's an awesome, what's a good partnership look like for you once it's, it's in? Once the partnership in, it's definitely not a financial end. Um, you know, the product can speak for itself. I think it's more 
to come in and maybe do a station takeover, do a sampling. Um, doesn't have to be in our main dining hall. Doesn't have to be something we're currently you serving. It could be something that you know you want us to try to use, which might be even better. Then we can get some good input from the students. Yeah, awesome. So I see a question here. Suggestions, and and I'll take a stab at this one first. Navigating the higher ed space and approaching uh, independence, so self ops first management companies, Aramark, Compass, Sodexo. So definitely starting with self-ops is, is the way to go. Um, and the way you can often know that is their email address will be like at holycross.edu or at umass.edu versus at Aramark, at Chartwells, which is Compass's higher ed division or, or Sodexo. Um, and often if you go to a school and see their dining, like dining, meet the team, it will say their email address. So that right there will let you know. Um, my experience is that Compass is the most red taped. So you you should probably just not, you should hold on that. And then Aramark and Sodexo have uh, more wiggle room. Um, and then self-ops are, Marty, what do you, do you have thoughts here? I, um, I've only worked for an independent, but we have yeah. um, our, new executive chef or executive sous chef. Um, they've come from corporate world. Our new director came from corporate world before. And all that I keep hearing from them is they just love having the choice to be able to pick what they want to use as opposed to being told what they have to use. T totally. Yeah. So that's what I'd say in general. And, you know, there's so many self-op schools that start there. And if you become a NACOFS member, uh, you get uh, uh, access to all the which is so many schools affiliated, you can actually search self-op versus managed. Or like I said, you right on the school's website, you can just see at aramark.edu or at the, uh, at the proper school. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, and I think typically too, if, if we're looking geographically, the Northeast, there's, it's on the coast. The West Coast and East Coast have a lot of independently run college dining facilities. Um, down in the south, there's a lot of con more contracted. Yeah, in interesting. That's how it shakes out. I'm curious if someone has a more premium product, what in general to get into the all you care to eat, right? So that's the area where the students swipe the card and they can house nine burgers if they want, five sodas, you know, so there has to be more cost sensitivity there. What is the general? do you think price per ounce or per, per pound that works for that space? And if someone has a more expensive product, there's other retail out, food service retail outlets, right? That, um, that number's gone up about a dollar over the last two years, <laughs> just because of the way prices have gone. Um, but I think we're looking at, you know, maybe up to $2 per portion. So whatever that would be a four ounce portion or whatever, um, the students, one, they eat by the piece. They don't necessarily eat by the ounce. Um, and two, in an all-you-care-to-eat facility, we can serve more expensive items. We just have to mix it very well with other items that aren't. So our average cost can come down to maybe $2.50 per meal. But if one item's costing us three fifty, dollars but we're only selling 100 when we're serving 1100 yeah. then we can afford it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I have a... Uh, Christy, I have more 
stuff that's just popping into my brain, but I'll give it some space. Is there anything? Um, I think this one was kind of an interesting question is, are you seeing it be more common for colleges to have more benchmarks or initiatives either around partnering with local companies, limiting waste? And I, I would kind of widen this question out as well to write, you know, the upcycling that we're seeing more plant-based, et cetera. So are you seeing more initiatives and benchmarks now than you have in the past? And they're also the second part of that question was, um, they're wondering if you're seeing more of that type of high-level initiatives, more in that New England space, just because there's been a lot of changes, I think, in laws and different things in that area. Yes, we actually, um, it's not out yet, but we're getting a whole new purchasing guidelines for the campus, um, and they're to incorporate more independent businesses, women-owned, minority-owned businesses, and to incorporate all of that um, to deal with the smaller. And we in dining have had that philosophy for a while, that um, bigger is not better. Uh, so there are some things where it can work, but a lot of times it doesn't. Is there anything, it, like widening out on that question, is there anything like in particular that you are seeing more broad, like from your peers in the space that they're specifically working on? I know we've seen a lot with the sustainability piece. That's been a big one, um, mm -hmm. as well as a, a, a bigger push to have a larger percentage plant-based larger definitely a larger percentage plant-based um to cut down on that to cut down on dairy um we are um, a member of the menus of change research collaborative um so we do follow the menus of change principles which means we're trying to do everything with five ingredients or less um less processed foods so yes i agree with all of that so i see a good question but I, i'm curious sales brain spinning here for everyone as everyone probably is jazzed up right about this amazing channel college university for their brands what do you what research do you think should be done prior to writing that first email like what what hits the spot for you is it someone like looking at on the website about some cool initiatives or like is it just someone being like my product's awesome because of these three attributes do you want to see it do you want to see some samples um, I think to take a look at our website, look at our menus, see what's on it and see if the product would fit. I think is the easiest because I mean, our menus, you know, they're, they're different, but you know, will, you know, will the product that you have fit into that menu mix, um, whether it be in our main dining hall or in any of our cash operations, um, and take it from there. Yep. Matt, we've had we've had two questions kind of around beverage restrictions. I think this is a, a common one. So maybe expand a little bit more on how that works. One of the questions was, do the beverage restrictions apply to retail markets or just in cafeterias? And then kind of that second question was similar to that as well. So maybe you and Marty together could expand a little bit on beverage. And yeah, our contract goes for both retail and board plan operation. Um, and it's 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 what we can it's what we can sell so anybody can bring anything they want onto campus so we can't stop somebody from bringing a diet coke onto campus but we can't sell it um and i think i found most schools you know it's it's across the board right it's dining and and retailers going to follow it certainly you'll find people at different schools who maybe are a little more flexible than others and their rules around what is a competing product or not vary right you know depending on the buyer individual that you get how much they're willing to flex with that and certainly in the Correct. emerging beverage space 
a lot of these beverages really aren't truly competitors, but they are still often aligned that way with how, you know, the Coke and Pepsi's view them. Right. And, and I like to push the envelope when it comes to those, especially now with the emerging beverages, with how wide that market has become. Um, and Coke and Pepsi are just waiting for the right company to purchase, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would imagine the students want more better beverages, right? Like they've, they've moved beyond the Cokes and the Pepsis in theory. So they're yes. obviously seeking more alternative beverages. I mean, that space has grown so much. Yes. Yeah. We opened up a tea concept in our, um, in our performing arts center over Christmas break, right after they came back and we're doing um, Italian sodas and Starbucks refresher type drinks and they're selling like wildfire. Um so as opposed to, I just did a report and actually over the last year, we only used five, five gallon bag in the box of Pepsi on campus. Wow. That's a, that's, that's good to see. Zero. It, it shocked me. I didn't think it was, yeah. I thought it was going to be low, but I didn't think it'd be that low. That's like um, none. Yeah. I'm curious to get back. So I, I, a lot of the brands, more emerging brands, they're in. UNFI or traditional retail distributors. So as far as, right, if you can attempt to speak for your colleagues as well outside of Holy Cross, you know, you said even like FedEx or UPS, do you find that most schools, you know, forget perishable items, you know, do you find that most schools will buy shelf-stable items direct, like ship direct without, not through distribution? Or do you think, the, do you think most people want to buy through their Cisco US Foods or their secondary third distributor? That I honestly I don't know. Because I haven't I haven't asked that question. NACO's conference is yeah. in a couple of weeks. I it's part of my I need to find out because I've started doing it more. And I'm just wondering yeah. if others with transportation issues or stocking issues have gone that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, because our challenge, like with emerging brands, the challenge so often is the schools like this is awesome. Are you in our local Cisco? And it's like no, but with some help, maybe, you know, so it's like, it's so sensitive. So it's, it's just always so interesting. Um, yeah. And the, the distributors, they say for the most part, their by the book minimum is five cases a week per SKU. Like, are you comfortable if you're like, uh, what case a week per SKU are you comfortable going to your distributor and being like, I, I want this product. Can you carry it? Depends on the product. I'll go for one case a week, but that's just with our prime vendor because of the relationship we have. But I think, you know, I think five cases is reasonable, yeah. but depending on, you know, the pack size. And so that, that one too could yeah. be a, a twist. Like if, if you have a 50 count case, cut it in half, maybe. And I, I literally, we were talking to a brand earlier today and they're figuring out food service pack. And we're like, they were, I was like, no, 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 smaller pack. Cause you're, yeah. which is so silly, right? You're judged on uh, uh, the volume, whether it's a 20 pound case or seven pound case. So it's like right. create that smaller case pack. Cause yeah, it would be easier to move more cases. Right. Cause if creating a case pack with, you know, say 24 in it, but we need, we need 200 for a meal. Well, there's your, there's your case movement for the, for the yeah. month right there in one shot. Totally. I see a question that I, I can handle. So about uh, uh, ath the athletic side. So I know and some of the larger schools we deal with, they have their own, the, like the dietitian, uh, 
Christy, what would you say are the main titles that we've come across? Yeah, director of performance nutrition, you know, director of athletics nutrition, and, and then the RDs. Yeah, registered dietitians as well. And then a school, Marty, how, how a few thousand? How big is the College of the Holy Cross? We have 3,200 students. 3,200, awesome. And do you guys have, for, for the student athletes, do, is there a registered dietitian or are you guys making menu decisions or bringing them? Um, we're making menu decisions. We actually just, we, we transitioned our dietitian more into a director of culinary development and nutrition. Um, so is the students can, get a hold of a dietitian through health services um, and they have their strength and conditioning coach that helps them with their food needs. Yeah. Um, and I would say that most colleges, similarly to how it's usually listed, who's over their dining programs. If you dig into their athletics pages as well, you will, you will find who is over their diet or their refueling stations. Refueling stations are a common name for what they have on campus. Um, and usually you can find that within the athletics pages of the school's websites. Oh, well, we're getting ready to wrap here, Christy, maybe one more or not even. Yeah, I was trying to find one that was going to like, um, it was kind of a little different than what we've touched on, but I think I, I've seen it again a couple more times. So even though we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, I think people are still, um, you know, curious again around the best way to introduce the products to the schools you know do you want people to come in and cut do you want them to send samples ahead of time how can they best get their new items new menu options in front of the buyers and do so in a way that's respectful to you and your time but also a lot you know try to show you a new flavor or a new concept yeah i think it's it's something we we have to sample if it's a new and emerging product i think it's just you know us getting together beforehand um you know not just a cold call just let's set up a time you know and let's let's figure out when the kitchen's not going to be too busy when we can cook the product the proper way um, do you usually do you usually like them to come in and like have a menu item and let them get in there and cook it for you or are you kind of wanting them to send it in and let someone on your team pre prepare it we can do it either way. I prefer, especially with maybe with the newer, newer products that our chefs or myself, we might not know how to cook properly to have somebody that was trained on how to show it and cook it, do it first. Um, so we make sure we do the product, give the product justice. So we're not cooking it wrong and saying it's awful, but it's because of what we did to it, not because of the product. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd say that uh, I actually, Matt can vouch for the first time I went in to do something in food service. I do have a culinary background, but had never, never been in like a full sized, uh, like college kitchen before. Mm -hmm. And I had, it was a little nerve wracking the first time, but once you've like done it in that larger scale space, I think if you can also come in and maybe have like a good menu item, right? Like that's like showcasing how the product can be used in a way that maybe matches some things they're seeing on your menu that's a nice way to like meet the school and, and show a great way to use it. Yep. Agreed. I just real quick in the chat, notice the difference between NACUFs and NACUS. Yes, they are different. Um, we are associated with NACUS. I personally don't do anything with that. That's more of our director of auxiliaries um, who does, who takes care of NACUS for us. Um, but that is also another good avenue. I don't know if they have a food show, but there's definitely, um, it makes some contacts. 
Thank you for that clarification because I thought they were trying. They're like, did you say NACA? No, I, say I just I noticed like, no, it on I the side. And they, they did me. Yeah. So. And there was also, they wanted to, the people wanted to know, Marty, are, are you attending NACOPS this year? Yes, I will be in, I will be in Amherst and planning on being in, um, in Baltimore. Awesome. So, yep. um, all right, cool. Well, Marty, uh, uh, a sincere thank you. I hope this was a value and interest for everyone. And um, we will post this if there's anything you want to let's do in a few-ish weeks uh, on the LinkedIn and onto our company podcast. So Marty, thank you again. And bye-bye, everyone. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.